Hi, this is Mona, and this is Aaliyah. You are listening to A Devil's Tale. New York's Chinatown during the late 80s and early 90s was a bustling place filled to the brim with immigrants who had come to the United States in search of a better life. Many of them had reached America's shores on falsified documents sold to them by a middle-aged woman who ran a nondescript general merchandise store. This is the story of Sister Ping, one of the most prolific human smugglers of all time. Born on January 9, 1949, in a farming village in the northern region of China's Fujian province, Cheng Chui Ping was one of five children. Ping had a fairly normal childhood, spending her days attending the village elementary school and working on the family farm, where she helped raise pigs and rabbits, as well as tended to a small vegetable garden. When Ping was 15, her father managed to work as a merchant marine crewman, which allowed him to leave China and travel to the United States. Enticed by the promise of higher pay and better job opportunities, he stayed in America, working as a dishwasher and sending home his modest income. Ping's father wasn't the first runaway, though, nor would he be the last. At the time, many marine crew members were opting to stay in the United States undocumented believing that they would earn more as an undocumented immigrant than as an ordinary laborer back in China. After more than a decade, however, Ping's father's luck ran out and he was apprehended by immigration authorities who deported him back to China. Knowing that he would be unable to support his family on farming alone, he decided to become a human smuggler, a business that he knew could be very lucrative if done right. In 1969, as a young 20-year-old woman, Ping married and four years later they welcomed a daughter. In 1974, Ping and her husband decided to relocate to Hong Kong and eventually the United States. To do so, they passed through Canada, first before arriving in New York City in 1981. There they settled down in Chinatown, which was located in the Manhattan Bureau. To support their family, the couple opened a shop called the Takshun Variety Store with their main clientele being Fujianese immigrants longing for a taste of home. While this was a successful venture, it didn't take long for Ping to realize there was money to be had in the human smuggling business. Following in her father's footsteps, she began to forge identification documents, sending these to her fellow villagers in Shengmei. One of her earliest clients was 16-year-old Jian Bao, who borrowed $18,000 from his friends and family members to pay for her services. His journey to the United States was long and fraught with danger. After obtaining a tourist visa, he took a flight from China to Guatemala and hiked all the way to Mexico. When the night fell, he was made to hide in a cargo van, which then crossed the border. From there, he flew to New Jersey, where he found work at a relative's restaurants. The trip may have been difficult and nerve-wracking. Jim Bao was nothing but grateful. Later, he would say that, quote, It was Sister Ping's business, so the services were quite good. We got plenty of food and water on the way. There were dangerous insects biting us in the jungles while we were walking to Mexico. But I was a country boy, and I was used to all this, end quote. When Jin Bao returned to his hometown the following year with his green card in tow, there was reportedly a line of women outside his house waiting for him to select one of them as his wife so that they too could come to America. Ping's operations were initially small scale. 
However, they picked up after the 1989 Tiananmen Square protests in Beijing. When news broke that thousands of activists had been brutally massacred in Tiananmen Square, then President George Bush issued an executive order to provide legal status to all Chinese nationals who had been in the United States on or before June 4, 1989, which marked the date the protesters had been killed. He also established China's one-child policy as a valid reason to grant political asylum. Four years later, Congress amended the Immigration and Nationality Act to include a provision that would give legal status to all undocumented immigrants as long as they could find an employer willing to sponsor them. These policies were a turning for Sister Ping. This surge in demand catapulted her operations. She had initially been asking customers $18,000 for her services, but by the early 90s, her fee had jumped to about $35,000. So by then, she had already become one of the most well-known snakeheads, a term used by those from China to refer to human smugglers. According to an article published by The New Yorker, quote, Sister Ping's customers knew that in a single year slicing broccoli in a Chinese restaurant in the U.S., they could make a sum that might take them a decade to earn back home. So they came on airplanes using phony documents or on rafts across the Fidget Rapids of Niagara River and eventually on big ships full of immigrants, which deposited them on the U.S. shores, end quote. So Ping's business grew astronomically as each year passed. In the mid-1990s, the United States government claimed that around 50,000 undocumented immigrants from China's Fujian province were landing on the country's shores per year. However, James Woolsey, who was the director of the CIA at the time, admitted that the number was closer to 100,000, many of whom had been helped by Ping and her vast circle. A lot of these undocumented immigrants spent their first months in the United States working under the table for restaurants established by someone they knew. However, this wasn't the case for everyone. There was no true guarantee for a better life. For instance, many were forced to spend months cramped in ships, sleeping on a six-foot by two-foot area of plywood plank without knowing if they would actually reach their destination. However, Ping had a reputation for being reliable, efficient, and honest. This combined with the hardships that they were enduring back in the People's Republic of China meant that people almost expected to suffer during their journey, perceiving this as part of the cost of obtaining a better life. But it's hard to paint Ping's action as simply altruistic, though. Business was business, and she didn't hesitate to hire the notoriously violent Chin Gang to terrorize those whom she had already smuggled yet were unable to render payment. According to an article published by the New York Times, quote, they said, For those who made the trip safely but could not pay, Ms. Chang sent vicious gangs to abduct, beat, torture, or rape them until relatives made good on their debts, end quote. Despite this violence, Ping's human smuggling business flourished and became legendary in New York's Chinatown. When passengers were caught by immigration officials, she would forgive the balance of her fee. When passengers died, she paid for their burials. Sister Ping's name became so highly esteemed that other snakeheads fraudulently claimed to be affiliated with her in order to attract business. 
From the 80s until the early 90s, Pink smuggled as many as 3,000 people from China into the United States, amassing more than $40 million in the process, according to conservative estimates from the FBI. Her exploits may have been illegal, but it turned her into a revered figure in New York's Chinatown, where residents perceived her as someone who had led an entire generation out of poverty to a more prosperous life in the United States. However, Ping's human smuggling business wouldn't last forever. After more than a decade of helping undocumented Chinese immigrants reach America's shores, the empire that she had spent half of her life building suddenly came crumbling down. In June 1993, a rickety cargo ship called the Golden Venture ran aground off the coast of Queens, New York. The Coast Guard quickly sent a helicopter to survey the scene. However, nothing could have prepared its pilots for what they would encounter as they hovered over the vessel. Hundreds of passengers seemed to be panicking on the deck. The two pilots attempted to establish control, shouting at the people to stay on board because the passengers were from rural villages in the People's Republic of China, and thus didn't know English. According to an article published by China File, quote, the passengers jumped, 10 of them drowned, the other 290 were held in prison. The first step in a saga that for some of them lasted the next several years as they fought to stay in the United States, benefiting in their struggle from the help of a devoted band of American sympathizers who saw in the voyage of the Golden Venture a reincarnation of the journey of the Mayflower four centuries earlier. The Golden Venture's voyage had lasted over four months, taking them across 17,000 miles from Asia to the United States. It sailed from Singapore masquerading as a Liberian registered ship called the Tong Cern. The first group of undocumented immigrants from Fujian province was picked up off the coast of Batea. Their journey had started five months earlier from China. They had illegally crossed into Myanmar, where they were then led through the jungles controlled by a local drug warlords into Thailand. Unfortunately, a crackdown at the Bangkok airport rendered them helpless until the snakeheads managed to arrange another way to transport them. Finally, after waiting for several months, they were told that the Tong Cern would pick them up in Pattaya. From Singapore, the Golden Venture sailed to Mombasa, a coastal city found in southeast Kenya, where they picked up another group of Fujianese immigrants. As they headed to the United States, the crew transformed the ship into a phantom vessel, painting the words Golden Venture over Tong Cern in a bid to thwart American immigration officials. To complete the disguise, they re-registered themselves as having originated from Honduras. After leaving Mombasa, the Golden Venture first went to South Africa before crossing the choppy waters of the Atlantic Ocean to reach the state of New York. The original plan was to wait a few miles off the coast where a fleet of small boats dispatched by the Fukching Gang would meet them to ferry its passengers to shore. However, the gang's leader, a man known as Ah Kei, had been forced to flee after being involved in a violent war with the rival gang. And so the Golden Venture and its 300 passengers were left to fend for themselves. In doing so, they exposed the massive human smuggling operation to the whole world. At the time, Ping was already a familiar name to authorities in the United States, having been arrested previously for alien smuggling, which led her to act as an FBI informant against other snakeheads. 
However, the Golden Venture tragedy spurred then-President Bill Clinton to order a crackdown on immigrant smuggling. Feeling the pressure, Ping fled the United States in 1994 and returned to her hometown in China, where she constructed a lavish mansion for her family. There, she set up another human smuggling business, which flourished until 1998 when one of her ships capsized while sailing off the coast of Guatemala. Fourteen immigrants were killed in the accident, which led to the authorities finally paying closer attention to Ping. Finally, on April 17, 2000, Ping, with three different passports in hand, was arrested at Hong Kong's airport after local police officers were alerted by the United States FBI. For the next two years, she tried everything that she could to not be extradited, but by July 2003, she had exhausted all of her legal venues. Ping was surrendered to the American authorities who had been building up their case against her. Among the evidence they had was a witness list of 25 people from around the world, including Guatemala, Hong Kong, and Canada. Once part of her vast human smuggling network, they were now tasked with putting her behind bars. For her crimes, she was sentenced to a 35-year jail term, part of which she served in a federal prison in Connecticut. The legacy that Sister Ping left behind is a complicated, tangled mess. The American media portrayed her as the ultimate villain, with tabloid headlines even going as far to call her evil incarnate during her trial. However, those in New York's Chinatown viewed her differently. For them, she was nothing but a saint, a shrewd entrepreneur who did all that she could to help them escape a miserable life in poverty. When she died, America's Chinese-language newspapers described her as righteous and an immigration hero. A local man from her hometown even asserted that the warmth she exuded moved everyone, while another called her a modern-day Robin Hood. To this day, Sister Ping, as she became known, remains a beloved figure in Chinatown and in Chinese immigrant communities across the United States. Her family restaurant still stands on 47th East Broadway. On April 24, 2014, Ping passed away from pancreatic cancer at Federal Prison Camp in Texas. She was 65 years old. Meanwhile, inside the Grace Gratitude Buddhist Temple across the street, a small framed photograph of her can still be found alongside offerings of apples, dried fruit, and burning incense. So my mom came under an immigration visa. She was coming from a refugee camp and just the amount of resources you don't get, that's also hard even if you're documented. She said on their first night, she has um, like seven siblings and you know her parents. They didn't have enough money for food, so they shared a loaf of Wonder Bread and that was their dinner. The story a lot of people have to go through. Quite a story. I got really emotional a few times. That must have been a huge event. And that happened in New York. I never knew about it. To all of our listeners, thank you for all of your support so far. We would love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at A Devil's Tale. Please say hi in the comment section and feel free to DM us. If you have any feedback and story requests, you can email us at adevilstale at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe if you have enjoyed all the stories so far. Thank you so much for tuning in again, and we will see you next time.